this is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. I recently spoke with Tony Award-winning director John Rando about the new musical comedy The Honeymooners, based on the classic television series, which had its world premiere at Paper Mill Playhouse a couple of weeks ago. It runs through October 29th. The common ancestor of many, if not most, television sitcoms, The Honeymooners told the stories of married, working-class Brooklynites Ralph and Alice Cramden, their best friends Ed and Trixie Norton, and people from the neighborhood around their apartment building. The influence of The Honeymooners can't really be overstated, and can be seen in shows like The Flintstones, All in the Family, The Simpsons, Roseanne, Seinfeld, The King of Queens, Louis C.K.'s Lucky Louie, and The Big Bang Theory. And last year, CBS announced that it was rebooting the Honeymooners series for a new generation. John Rando directed the Broadway revival of On the Town, The Dinner Party, The Wedding Singer, and A Christmas Story. And he won the Tony Award for Best Direction for You're in Town, The Musical in 2002. I started our conversation by asking him what it feels like to take on a truly beloved American classic and transform it into musical theater. You know, turning The Honeymooners uh, into a musical, um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, project. It's a wonderful uh, and tricky and difficult thing to do. And um, uh, fortunately, you know, we, we have a lot of really great people on board to help us uh, do that. And um, it's interesting, you know, when you, when you look at the television series, um, it came out of a musical tradition it became it came out of the cavalcade of stars which you know jackie gleason that was uh, a variety show which included a lot of music so it it's kind of a natural journey for for it to become a musical um and then if you look at some of these like for example we have a song um in which uh, ralph has uh, uh rented a piano and um Alice uh, sings a song about the rented piano and the fact that he they don't have a carpet, they don't have a sofa, they don't have a um, vacuum. These are all things. That, this is a direct lift from the show. It's a, it's a speech she gave in the show, and we just simply you know turned it into a song. So that's actually how we made this. Um, the very very clever thing about the writing too is that. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ralph is uh, uh, you know, being the bus driver that he is. He's always looking to get rich, uh, and uh, he sees in the newspaper a uh, a, a songwriting contest, a jingle writing contest, and um, he convinces uh, his buddy Norton to um, be write the music, and he'll write the lyrics to their favorite uh, cheese, Fachamata mozzarone cheese and the boys uh end up writing a the winning jingle of this contest and not only do they win the uh $500 um prize but they also get hired by the advertising company that created the jingle to write even more jingles for old man Fachamata and his cheese company um, and so this is the sto- this is the story, and uh, of course it re- you know it, it since that ideal is already musical, it it lends itself to being told in a, in a music form. So this musical is basically one great big new episode of the Honeymooners, 
who got to come up with the new Honeymooners story? I'm sure there are so many writers out there who would love a chance to do that. Uh, how did this new story take shape? So Bill Nuss and Dusty K, they, um, you know, they were uh, involved in even getting the, securing the rights and making, making, um, really making uh, this uh, happen um, very early on, like seven years ago. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's quite a while, it's, it takes quite a long time to create musicals, not only to write them, but also simply to just get everything in line and in order to do that. And, um, you know, and so their, their efforts and their hard work, you know, has brought us to, this, to where we are now. Um, and getting the right producer behind it and getting uh, Jeffrey Finn, who's our, who's our commercial producer. And then, of course, what the greatest thing that we have is we have this um, amazing theater here in, the, in Milburn, New Jersey, Paper Mill Playhouse, where we're premiering. And um, the organization here is a top-notch organization, first class. And we're able to try out the musical here and, and w because of the phenomenal staff and crew um, and Mark Hobie, who is the artistic dire director of the theater, is a, a great leader. And he's um, brought so much energy and, uh, and new work to Paper Mill and to um, the people who go come, come to the Playhouse. Um, it's a remarkable, I think, a remarkable institution for that very reason. Um, and so we're just very honored and really happy that we could, we could um, really bring it to life here and give it its premiere here at Paper Mill. Could you tell me about casting the four leads? What was that process like? I imagine you don't cast actors in these types of iconic roles uh, that often. It must be like casting someone to play president or something like that. It's a really, this is a really good question and it's a really fun, it was part of the, part of the, when I came on board to the show, which was about four years ago, um, uh, Michael McGraw, who plays um, uh, Ralph Cramden, who is the Jackie Gleason part, um, I knew Michael very well and knew his work, and um, he, uh, he has affinity for the television show, a deep, deep affection and knowledge of it. And, um, and what Michael does is he's not imitating uh, Jackie Gleason, but he's uh, inhabiting um, the character of Ralph Cramden. So um, it's really kind of a remarkable performance that way. Um, and that's what we re <laughs> I really looked for, was not, not at all imitation, but in, in you know, a kind of um, inhabiting uh, a part. Um, because really, uh, it's interesting, but these, the parts themselves live past the actors that originally played them. Um, and uh, so it's finding that right chemistry. And uh, um, Leslie Kritzer, who, who plays Alice, she's a, you know, a remarkable, a remarkable music theater performer and um, has such an affinity for this part and, uh, and how it was originally done. And um, also what's very special is the chemistry between um, uh, you know, uh, Michael and Leslie, and therefore between Ralph and Alice, which is, I believe, the real important part of, of um, capturing the spirit uh, of the original. 
was this real chemistry and love between the two. As much as they fought, as much as they, you know, poked each other and 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 yelled and whatever, there was always a, a gorgeous love. I mean, um, it is after all called the honeymooners, and that your entire life is your is the honeymoon. I think it's kind of cool that the show is old enough. It started in 1955 that it basically was a theatrical production. It all had to work on a stage, and now people can experience that aspect of it. I mean, you must have researched the original episodes and watched them from that perspective, because that's your job, to make things work on stage in front of a live audience. Can you tell me maybe what you learned from watching the original episodes uh, you know, w- with that theatrical perspective? It's a great question. It's very true. Um, and it's, you know, it's so important because... Um, Ralph and Alice are poor. They live on a a busman's salary in the middle of the 1950s, so they don't have much. And they're on, they live on Chauncey Street, I mean, in Brooklyn, which is, Chauncey Street was the street that Jackie Gleason actually grew up on. Um, And the character does too, and and lives there in a tenement um, with a a no view, etc. and so uh, the, the set itself, the, the, from the original television show, the one room where there's just a table with a, a red and white checkered uh, tablecloth, the uh, dilapidated uh, kitchen with almost no appliances, an ice box as opposed to refrigerator, for example. Um, these, uh, uh, this, we, we, we painstakingly uh, set out to recreate that um, and make sure that we deliver that for for our audiences. Um, but yes, um, you know, I grew up on the, the honeymooners uh, uh, back in when I was a, uh, a young boy. I watched them in the '60s. Um, so, um, and I like to say the honeymooners were my grandparents. Um, you know, the, the the salt of the earth, the hardworking. My grandfather was a um, a truck driver, uh, a gasoline truck driver. Um, and my grandmother was a cafeteria worker, and they didn't have much, um, but they, but it was that post-war life that they lived in in the fifties, and they raised their children, and and so um, we capture that uh, uh, spirit in, in what we're what we're doing. Um, I think it's very important to capture that time. You know, it's a concept. The, the 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 whole concept of the honeymooners and the sitcom in general. It's a concept that we never seem to get tired of from the Honeymooners to the Simpsons to the King of Queens to whatever is going to you know be made in the future. Uh, but it's one that we're used to watching on TV in our own homes. How did you transfer uh, that quality that we all seem to like, like the sort of funny, comforting, familiar ingredient that all these great sitcoms have to a live stage production in front of a big crowd? You know, it's really fun here at Paper Mill to watch, you know, 1,200 people in the audience everyone enjoying uh, and, you know, seeing, because we certainly do moments from the television show that are iconic. And um, when we arrive at those in the show, you, you, the audience is uh, in agreement about, about what it is and, what, and, and the joy of it. And um, uh, even at times finishing some of the lines that Ralph might say, um, recognizing uh, uh, them. So it's a kind of communal uh, uh, sharing of of what uh, uh, you know you you first saw just uh, by yourself or with your family around a TV, and now you're with a theatrical family all around you with all these 
wonderful people watching it together. You had to create a musical that appeals to a younger generation, as well as people who saw The Honeymooners when it originally aired, as well as people who are just big fans, who just love the show whatever age they are and whenever they watched it. I imagine that to do that, you really have to have some affection, like you said, for the material to get into the spirit of the show in order to evolve it into a production like this. What can your audience expect to see on stage at Paper Mill? You know, when you hear the score, when you hear the first downbeat of the overture, you feel like you're you're transported to to the great musicals of the 50s, um, Pajama Game, um, uh, Guys and Dolls, um, uh, Damn Yankees. The sound, the sound reminds you of those great musicals that that uh, you might know. Um, it, uh, it's a real musical theater kind of score, which feels right at home in the in the milieu and the dialogue of of uh, Ralph and Alice and Ed and Trixie. It, it's very much a part of their their life. Um, needless to say, there's there there very iconic, wonderful moments that we do that are very rec- recognizable from the television as well. Um, and then there are, uh, you know, surprises. Um, we have a couple of, we have a really smart surprise at the very end of our, our show that, um, uh, and you know, we also even, even addressing, um, we give Alice a, a really strong and powerful uh, song in this act two, you know, um, to sort of show, uh, and it's it's called uh, Women's Work, um, and it's based on a speech that she she gave. What what is woman's work? Um, and uh, so so yeah, that's the kind of evening you're going to come and see. Director John Rando, thanks very much for doing the podcast. My pleasure. The Honeymooners runs through October 29th at Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey. There will be a special Q&A event with the cast after the matinee on Saturday, October 28th. For more information and tickets, go to papermill.org. And for more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. I'm Christopher Benincasa. Thanks for listening. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.